I have enjoyed this study on the anatomy of God, and over the last eight weeks, we have just been looking at God. We've decided to follow a God that we have never seen, that we've never heard audibly, and I will allow that there are a handful, probably even in this room, who maybe have heard the audible voice of God, but the majority of us haven't, and the majority of us won't, but yet we've decided I want to follow this God. It just makes sense to me that we should know him better then if we're going to follow him. And so we begin to study the anatomy of God, looking at body parts as described in the Bible in order to better know God. We started with the heart of God, which beats with compassion, beats with forgiveness, beats with love. We looked into the face of God, finding that it shines as we put God first daily, as we trust God completely, as we obey God wholeheartedly, and as we praise God continuously and serve God willingly. We then went to the ears of God. We notice that God hears the battle cry, God hears the battered cry, and God hears the baby cry, or the cry baby. You remember that one? <laughs> then we saw, look deeply into the eyes of God. We notice that he sees our works. He sees those who fear him. He sees the righteous, and he sees the sparrow. We went to the voice of God, the mouth of God. Pastor Creighton reminded us that God speaks through scripture. He speaks through his spirit. He speaks through silence. God speaks through his son. We then went to the hands of God and we studied the hands of God, creating, correcting, caring hands of God. Last week, we studied the mind of God. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What is on the mind of Christ? We found that the mind of God, the mind of Jesus, is submissive. It's selfless. It's serving. It's sympathetic, sacrificial. The mind of Christ is supreme. We have done literally a head-to-toe study. We're not going to look at the toe of God today, but we are going to look at the feet of God. I want you to take some notes today concerning the feet of God. It is the concluding message in this series. With that, let me have you open your Bible to Revelation chapter 1. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 1. Starting with verse 9. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus. I was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. By the way, let me just interject. That's a good place to be in the spirit on the Lord's day. <laughs> I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, he says, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, Write what you see in a book and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna 
and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying, Fear not, I am the first and the last, and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. Father, speak to us today through your word. Open our ears to hear, our hearts to receive. We sit quietly at your feet and we listen. Amen. Amen. Listen, listen. God is speaking today. If we'll listen, I'm telling you, God is speaking. He has a word for us. Will we hear it? This scripture is speaking of Jesus, and I love what it says of Jesus and, and the various body parts that are used in describing Jesus. I thought it was a wonderful conclusion to our study of the anatomy of God. It speaks of his voice in verse 10. His chest is even mentioned, verse number 13. His head, his hair, his eyes, all body parts mentioned in verse 14. His hands are mentioned, more specifically his right hand, mentioned a couple of different times. His face or his countenance is mentioned there in verse 16. And finally, on two different, in two different verses, his feet are mentioned, verses 15 and verse 17. John saw the Lord, and he saw him from the top of his head all the way down. He looked at the Lord. And he began to describe what he saw. And when he came to the feet of Jesus, he said, I, I fell like I was dead. His feet were like brass, bra burnished brass, polished brass, fine brass, as if refined in a furnace. William Barclay is a great, great commentator. He comments on this. It may be that we are to see two things in this picture. The brass itself stands for strength, for the immovable steadfastness of God. And the shining, glittering rays stand for speed, for the swiftness of the feet of God to help his own or perhaps to punish sin. So what do we find at the feet of Jesus? First of all, we find wisdom at his feet. There is wisdom to be found at the feet of Jesus. I want you to turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 10. 
Luke chapter 10. I love this story. Verse 38. As they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to him teach. But Martha was distracted with so much serving. She went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. But Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're so anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Somebody say one thing. <laughs> one thing, he told Martha, is necessary. And Mary has chosen that. Mary has chosen the good portion. And I'm not going to take that away from her. Wow. Mary just wanted to listen and learn. And so what did she do? She quieted herself. She left the busyness of the day. And she just plopped herself down at the feet of Jesus. You see, the feet of Jesus is a place of learning. The feet of Jesus is a place of learning. And Mary wanted to be taught. Let the food get cold. Let the dishes pile up. Jesus is in the room. Jesus is in the house. And I want to learn. Jesus is about to speak. He's about to teach. And I want to learn. Mary just wanted to be taught. We find that the people wanted to be taught. People would gather from all over to come and hear the rabbi. They called him the rabbi throughout scripture. That translates teacher. He's the teacher. He's just so amazing. He opens his mouth and he talks about everyday stuff and like fishing, like harvesting wheat. And it's just, it's astounding. It's so amazing. They wanted to hear it. They would just line the hillside. I mean, we know that more than once he fed 5,000 men. Another, another uh, example, he fed 4,000 men. That doesn't include the women and children. So thousands upon thousands would gather just to hear him teach. Where did, where did this happen? At his feet. They just came and sat at his feet. It's a place of learning. And guess what? You don't know it all. I don't know it all. Church, we don't know it all. We need to learn. It's a place of learning, and we don't know it all. No matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter your age, there's still learning to be had. I commend you, actually, for coming into the house of God and sitting in the sanctuary. I'm no Jesus, but I am his mouthpiece. And so, in a sense, as you come to the house of God, you're sitting at the feet of Jesus. 
You're sitting at a place of learning, in other words. You've decided this is important to me. I still need to learn something. Look at your neighbor, tell him, you still need to learn something. Reuben, buddy, I love you, but you still need to learn something. And you can say that right back to me. In fact, please do. All of us, we don't know it all. Sometimes we think we know it all. We might know a little bit more than somebody else, but we don't know it all. When we discipline ourselves, we really are sitting at the feet of Jesus. Your quiet time with the Lord every morning, every, every evening, wherever that might be, whenever that might be, that's your opportunity to just sit and learn. Listen and learn. There's wisdom to be found there. Your disciplined devotional life, reading the Word of God. How many read the Word of God every day? I'm not asking the opposite question. I'll just encourage you. Let me gently encourage you. Develop a discipline of reading God's Word every day. I promise you, He'll speak to you. He'll show you things. You can learn a thing or two out of this book. Aren't you thankful for the Word of God? Come on, somebody. Let's just give God thanks for His Word. He sent us His Word. It's living. It's powerful. As we read this, we're just sitting at His feet. Jesus, teach me today. He invites us to learn. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, Jesus said. Come to me, all who labor, all who are heavy laden. I will give you rest. I love verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You're invited at his feet. Come, I'll teach you. Don't let the busyness of your life distract you from those moments where you can just sit at his feet and learn. Wisdom is found at the feet of Jesus. What else do we find at the feet of Jesus? We find wonders at the feet of Jesus. Wow. Jesus not only went from village to village teaching and preaching, Jesus went from village to village and he performed many signs and wonders. The people were just going crazy. They're telling all of their family, they're telling their co-workers, they're telling their neighbors, you've got to come and see this guy. He's doing things like we have never seen. You know Bartimaeus? Yeah, he can see now. You have to see this. You have to see this guy. You remember those lepers that nobody will have anything to do with? They don't have leprosy anymore. I mean, wonders beyond what anyone had ever seen at the feet of Jesus. What do these wonders include? Well, it's deliverance. I love this, this word that has come to Jerry. And I, I just know what we're going to continue to see people be delivered. See, the enemy specializes in binding people. Did you know that? He wants to trip us up and he wants to keep us bound. So we're limited. But Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and that they might have freedom. Part of the wonders that were performed were deliverance. Deliverance from demons. You remember the demon-possessed man possibly that lived in the cemetery. He was loaded with demons, by the way. 
And so the demons kept him in a dark place, a place of death. He lived at a graveyard. He lived among the tombstones. That's what the Bible says. This is Luke chapter 8. You can read it this afternoon. Jesus said, then Jesus comes, see, and and then everything changes. And Jesus has a conversation with this man, but really he's having a conversation with the demons that are inside of the man. He said, what's your name? There were so many of them. Do you remember the name that was given? That's right. Legion. We are legion. In other words, there's so many of us. It's it's many, many, many demons. And they perceived what Jesus was going to do. And so the Bible says they begged Jesus, don't cast us into the abyss. So Jesus cast them out. And where did they go? (laughs) Read this later. It's a great story. Jesus cast the demons out of this man and cast them into a herd of pigs. And the pigs then ran over a cliff and they drowned. Watch what happened. Verse 35. The people went out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and found the demon-possessed man. The man from whom the demons had gone. Where was he? Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Clothed and in his right mind. He was delivered from demons. And when the demons left, the peace of God came. That's pretty awe-inspiring. That's a wonder, isn't it? It includes deliverance from demons. It includes deliverance from disease. Matthew 15, 30. Great crowds came to him. They, They brought with them the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute. And many others. And they put him at his feet. (laughs) And he healed them. The the lame, the mute, the crippled, the blind. And it just says there's, there's even more. They were delivered from disease. That's why I pray every, every, most every Sunday you'll see us praying for the sick. Because I believe the same power. Come on, somebody say the same power. Hallelujah. The same power is available today to heal every sickness. I've been healed supernaturally more than once. And this room is full of people who've been healed. It's a wonder. Where does this happen? It happens at the feet of Jesus. I don't, I'm not suggesting or recommending that you stop going to the doctor. In fact, I think we ought to go to the doctor and let the doctor let his jaw drop open in amazement. Uh, and, and get the x-rays out again and get another, another opinion and let them look at it. And You know what I mean? Clear his glasses one more time. And Disease. Deliverance from disease, it happens at the feet of Jesus. It includes deliverance from despair. Jesus made a connection with this this family that I, I mentioned earlier, Mary and Martha. He made a connection with this family. In fact, he was very close with this family. They also had a brother. His name was Lazarus. 
Lazarus got sick, and Jesus was out of town. And they sent for Jesus, get Jesus here, because if Jesus is here, I think everything's going to be okay. But it took a little while for Jesus to actually arrive to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. In fact, by the time that he arrived, Lazarus was already dead. And Mary said something in verse 32 of John chapter 11. Mary came to where Jesus was and she saw him and she fell at his feet. And she said, Lord, if you'd just been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Have you ever lost someone that you love to death? Somebody that you cared for died? I'm sure death has touched all of us. And the grief that comes is almost unbearable. This is Martha. This is Mary. They are distraught. They are in despair. The Bible actually tells us that Jesus felt that and he wept. They're just distraught. Jesus, if you'd just been here. But Jesus had pity on them, had compassion toward them, and he delivered them out of their despair. He began to speak about something else that was going to happen. They didn't understand it. But once he delivered their brother from death, you see, that's the other deliverance that happens, deliverance from death. They're How are they going to despair when the brother is alive again? So the despair was immediately alleviated when he delivered Lazarus from death. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, he shall live. And then he looked at the open tomb and he said, Lazarus, hallelujah, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says Lazarus came out of the tomb, still bound, still wrapped in the grave clothes. And he said, loose him and let him go. Let him be free. And he was delivered from death. That's pretty wonderful, isn't it? I'm talking to you about wonders that happen at the feet of Jesus. Mary came and just fell at his feet in despair. And he turned her deliverance around. He tr she traded the sorrow for joy. She traded the despair for peace. The ashes of mourning turned into joy. Lazarus is alive again. And I want to tell you something. That same resurrection power that was spoken that day to Lazarus, it's available to us today. I'm not saying that we may not die an earthly death. We may, in fact, die an earthly death. But I'm believing that I'm going to go by way of trumpet. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the rapture of the church where a trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ are raised and those who are alive and remain, they will join them in the air and they'll meet the Lord in the air and thus they will be with the Lord forever. I believe in the rapture of the church still today. Hallelujah! But only God knows. The, the Son doesn't even know that the Bible says. Only the Father God knows the exact time. So we are just to be ready. I'm believing. I know there is going to be a rapture. I'm believing and praying that I'll go in the rapture. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. You could just join me in that little prayer right now. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. 
But if we don't go by the way of rapture, then we go by another way. We die. Don't be afraid of death. Death is simply our limousine ride. Woo! Death comes and it's like a limousine opens up. And we're taken, we're transported to our eternal living place. Hallelujah. Woo! I did a funeral yesterday. I did a funeral. How old was your dad, Casey? 86. I said he was in his 70s. I thought he was in his 86 years old. And only a Christian for... I thought it was in the last two weeks. It was three days before he died. Her previous pastor, Pastor Prenzing. How many remember Pastor Prenzing? You know Pastor Prenzing. Pastor Prenzing led her father to the Lord three days before he died. And when he died, Casey, let me tell you something. Paige, Bailey... Uh, Paige and Camille Bailey and Richard, let me tell you something today, family. When your father died, it's as though a limousine pulled up to the stop. And the doors were open and they just, you know, he was welcomed in. It was just simply a transport from the earthly living or earthly dying to the eternal living place. You don't have to be afraid of dying, church. Because that same resurrection power is available to us. Though we die, yet we will live. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. We don't have to worry about the sting of death. We can be delivered. We will be delivered from death. Death, where is your sting? Hallelujah. What do we find at the feet of Jesus? We find wisdom. We find wonders. We find worship. Go with me to Luke chapter 7. You must see this today. What a beautiful, beautiful depiction of worship. Simon, one of the Pharisees, invited Jesus over to his house to eat with him. So Jesus went into Simon's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, a prostitute, when she learned that Jesus was reclining at Simon's house at his table, she brought an alabaster flax of ointment and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair. She kissed his feet and anointed them with the oil. Wow. That's pretty dramatic, isn't it? That is a moment that is unfolding and everybody's noticing. See, Jesus had such a reputation by this point that wherever he went, people would come. I'm sure the house was full of other people as well. Jesus may have been the guest of honor, but other people are there, clearly. A prostitute comes into the house. How did that happen? But there she was. And so people are, are seeing all of this unfold. And they begin to whisper. 
There's Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. <laughs> They're whispering about this woman, the sinful woman. Everybody knew her reputation. In fact, Simon, the host of the party, the host of the dinner, he starts thinking something. He doesn't even say it out loud. He's just thinking, well, yikes. If, if Jesus was a true prophet, he would be able to assess and know what kind of woman's touching him. Right? He didn't even say that out loud, Greg. This Simon, this Pharisee, is just thinking it. But Jesus is so powerful, he perceived his thoughts. He said, Simon, come here a minute. Let me tell you a little story. And the rabbi, the teacher, <laughs> he starts teaching another lesson. He's always trying to teach. Do you know that he's always trying to teach us something? Always, if we'll listen. Simon, come here. Let me, let me just tell you a little story. He said, suppose there were uh, two guys that needed money. Let's see here. Bankhead, you need any money? Get up here. Mm. You need a little bit of money? Come here, Victor. I know you need money. Ah. You work at Knott's Berry Farm, don't you? Good, good. I love it. You work at La Palma Christian School, don't you? Mm. Victor's going to be one of our teachers next year. He's been an aide, and he is, he's shifting. So let's say you come to me, and I'm kind of like the bank, all right? You're not the bank right now. I'm the bank. Did you get that? Did you see that? You got it. <laughs> Sorry. So you say, Pastor Steve, I, I need some money, and you need $500. And so I just reach in my wallet, which is empty right now. <laughs> this is all pretend, right? But you can see this. You can see this. This is the story. He's, Jesus is telling Simon. So I give you $500, right? And you come to me the same day, a little bit later, and you say, hey, you got, you got 50 bucks I could borrow. Okay. So I give you 50, $50, and I give you $500, and I tell both of you knuckleheads that in three months you got three months to pay me back, all right? No interest, just pay me back in three months, and you both say, you got it. So three months passes, and the boys come back to me, and I say, okay, um, I, where's, where's my $500? And you say, I still don't got it. You don't have any money to pay me back. And I say, well, surely you got the $50 at least, and, and you say, I don't have it either. And I'm, a, I'm so nice. I'm so nice. And I just say, you know what? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Your debt is canceled. Thanks, guys. So the creditor, the guy who loaned the money, forgives them. One of $500. How many would like to be forgiven of $500 and somebody just said, don't worry about it? <laughs> How many would like just $50 even, you know? He said, don't worry about it. Jesus said, who would, love, who would love that creditor more? Look what Simon said in verse 43. Simon answered, 
the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. You're exactly right, Simon. Watch what happens. Then Jesus turns to the woman and he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't kiss my face, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You didn't anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with oil. Wow, what a lesson. What a lesson. Something happened as a result of her worship. Three things happened, actually, as a result of her worship. She was commended by Jesus. And he preserved her story for all time. We're not given her name. She's simply known as the sinful woman, the prostitute who came into Simon's house. Wow. But he commended her. He came for those who needed a doctor not for the ones who thought they were healthy already. She was commended by Jesus. She was forgiven by Jesus. He said in verse number 48, your sins are forgiven. And she was saved by Jesus. Verse number 50, your faith has saved you. Look closely at the feet of Jesus. Look closely. There's one more thing that we find at the feet of Jesus. I couldn't write a sermon without talking about this aspect of the feet of Jesus. It's the wounds that we see, the wounds that we find. There's a prophecy found in Psalm 22 and verse 16. Dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They've pierced my hands. They've pierced my feet. This is a prophecy concerning the crucifixion of Christ. What was to come. And in fact, this prophecy was fulfilled. As he was crucified and nailed to a cross. How do you nail someone to a cross? Spikes in the hands. Spikes in the feet. They have nailed my feet and my hands. They have pierced my feet and my hands. I want you to look closely in your mind's eye today at the wounds there on his feet. They represent our sins. Yes, our sins. No matter how good a person is, we're still born sinful. We're born into a sinful world and we're born with a sinful nature. In fact, Romans 3.23, you should know this from childhood. Romans 3.23, all have sinned. All of us fall short. That's right. There's none righteous, right? We're all, because we're all sinful, we're all in need of one who can forgive us. Who can do this? Look closely at the wounds there in the feet of Jesus. You'll not only see your sins represented, you'll also see the sacrifice represented. The wounds there in the feet of Christ 
These wounds represent his sacrifice. Isaiah 53, 5. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. With his wounds, we are healed. What do we find at the feet of Jesus? There's wisdom to be found there. Wonders to be found there. Wow. Worship, hopefully from us, found at the feet of Jesus. But don't ever forget the wounds there. Remember, don't forget. Would you bow your heads today? studied the anatomy of God head to toe head to foot in order to know him today he offers forgiveness to all who would receive but in order to receive the forgiveness of Christ we must first recognize our need to be forgiven It is not an automatic that we will just be forgiven. We must ask to be forgiven. We must call on his name. If you're here today and you would like to call on the name of Jesus, asking him to forgive you of your sin, asking him to be Lord and Savior, I want you to lift your hands before we leave. Just lift your hands and let me pray for you today. Amen? Yes. Anyone else? You want to accept him as Lord and Savior, asking him to forgive you, asking him to cleanse you. Today is your day. Pastor Moses is going to lead us in this simple chorus. And as he does, I'm going to have everyone stand. And in that moment, if you've lifted your hands, I want to invite you to this altar to commit or recommit asking him to forgive you. Hallelujah. Everyone standing. We fall down. Come now. Our pastors and elders will be here. Come on and commit your life. Ask him to forgive you. Come to the feet of Jesus today. The greatness of Come to the feet of Jesus. At the feet
stay at the feet of Jesus. He invites you there to learn. Let him mold you and shape you at his feet. God has an amazing plan for each and every one of us. And I don't want to miss that plan, amen? Hallelujah. Pastor Moses is going to dismiss us in prayer just before he does. I need some help here, folks. Ask.God. And also, all the men of action and all the real women, let's gather here tonight and have a great, great encounter with the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. Thank you for your presence, God, in our midst. Father, we thank you, God, that we can find everything at your feet in your presence. Lord God, I pray that you would help us to seek there first, Father, before we seek anywhere else. Father, we thank you, God, for everything that you are and everything that you mean to us, God. I pray that we would always surrender our lives at your feet. God, that we would do this daily, Lord God, that we would lay ourselves down. Lord God, and seek more of you in our lives. Father, we thank you. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen.